From talkradio.nyc, welcome to At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and owner of David Thiergartner Interiors, right here in beautifully restored Manhattan. On tonight's show, everything old is new again. My guest tonight is Mary McGowan, co-owner of Rashome Inc. Rashome is the finest antique furniture restoration and custom design furniture company in the tri-state area and beyond, for that matter. Rashome delivers the highest quality of work to all of us in the interior design trade, private collectors, and design enthusiasts among us, including everyone hopefully listening tonight. Mary and I are going to talk all about specialized finishes, whether to restore, refinish, or touch up important furniture, and how Rashome magically builds custom furniture from any period, any style, using any materials with exacting skill and expert knowledge. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Everything old is new again. Get out your white suit, your trashes and tail. Let's go back when we Consider this. Antique furniture is the ultimate in recycling. In today's world, the environmental motto is reduce, reuse, and recycle. Our charming and thoughtful forefather, Benjamin Franklin, used to say, make do or do without. And my Depression-era grandfather used to tell us, never throw out what you can use again. That, of course, might account for his piles of clean and folded aluminum foil tucked away in the kitchen drawers. In today's throwaway society, the world is filled with disposable furniture with very short life expectancies, let alone the piles of packaging, styrofoam, strapping material, plastic wrap, and cardboard that gets dumped along the way in our overcrowded landfills, and for that matter, our oceans. And let's not forget about the shipping costs, jet fuel, trucking diesel, all the carbon emissions that spew into the atmosphere. Owning an antique piece of furniture is eco-friendly and certainly much better off residing in your house than at the dump. Such disposable consumption, I think we all know, is no longer sustainable in today's world. An expensive package to withstand a natural disaster, new furniture uses more resources and generates more waste than our planets can endure. Let's face it, put together inexpensive furniture is a temporary solution with unfortunate long-term consequences. And so, on the other side of the coin, Antique furniture and family heirlooms are used from generation to generation, reducing waste and consumption of raw materials. 
A recent English study conducted by CarbonClear.com began with the hypothesis that a new piece of furniture would last 15 years and an antique piece would be resold every 30 years. Based on that pattern of consumption, the study concluded that the ecological impact of antique furniture is nearly six times less than that of new furniture. Antiques really are recycling at its best. But what makes everything old new again is exactly why I want to talk to Mary McGowan, co-owner of Rishalm, the top antique furniture store in the tri-state area. Besides our personal and societal responsibility to the environment, Rishalm takes an ordinary diamond-in-the-rough piece of furniture and turns it into a hidden treasure worthy of the antique roadshow and, of course, your home. As an interior designer, I'm very much aware of the cost of disposable furniture. All you have to do is put a couple of pieces together to realize that this furniture is not long for this world. But more importantly, we cannot dismiss the essential elements that make antique furniture worthy of keeping or using again. Mary and I are going to talk all about the quality of the older materials, the quality of that handcrafted construction, and what about the character or the one-of-a-kind style that makes a piece of antique furniture worthwhile and that provides interest for us? And for that matter, what about the creativity of figuring out how best to use it in the design of your home? There is so much furniture in the world today, and antiques are the perfect way to express your own individual personal style. Nothing could reflect your creativity and panache more than painting your grandmother's 1950s Savoy chest hot fuchsia pink and adding new contemporary satin brass hardware. Or what about that exciting mahogany desk you discovered at the antique warehouse on the other side of town? Refinished by Rishom, and that desk could be the envy of everyone's eye at the office. Unique, special, and so different than the average run of the mill furniture everyone else has. My aunt and uncle in Chicago had a significant, significant collection of Scandinavian furniture that could be restored, refinished, and be as worthy, let alone as stylish today, as it was in their 1970s mid-century home. And there's something else about antique furniture that I believe makes a house a home. And that is the personal value, the history of the piece or the soul that piece of furniture has or holds or is all about. These are the things in our homes that create distinction, that are special and add warmth and familiarity, that tells our individual design stories differently than our friends' or our neighbors' houses do. Refinish it or paint it or change the hardware, but cherish the story, cherish the quality and that scratch that can be refinished later. Antique furniture can be a part of you, worthy of your care worthy of your time, worthy of being new again. Making an old piece of furniture new and sustainable is not only ecological 
ecologically friendly, but makes our home worthy of our ancestors and our future. Because everything old is new again. When we come back, my conversation with Mary McGowan, co-owner of Rashom Inc. This is At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, and we'll be back in two minutes. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! What's that? (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. My guest tonight, Mary McGowan, co-owner of Rashom Inc. In my opinion, Rashom is the finest antique restoration company in New York and everywhere. I mean, you guys have been internationally acclaimed, so it's hard to say New York or the tri-state area. And you build custom furniture better than anybody else I know. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show tonight. Mary, welcome to At Home. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show well we're thrilled to have you it's a lot of fun you'll find out but mary and i go way back and i'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it you know mary we start this show every show we've done we're getting close to 40 with the same question what is your idea or your definition of beauty and specifically what is beautiful in your home you know it's funny when you asked me that question i thought about it and i looked around in my home and i said i came across my grandmother's arts and craft drop front desk and it's tiny and it's girlish and I was like you know if a piece of furniture doesn't bring you joy there's no sense having it and every morning I walk past that desk and I smile you know thinking but that brings me joy and I think when something brings you joy that should be beauty 
Yeah, I mean that pretty much sums it up. That yeah. could be that could be uh, a title to a book, or certainly a chapter <laughs> in a book. Well, that's beautiful. I uh, I know um, that I have things from my family that just having it near you, whether it's in the garage, in the rafters, right. or if it's actually <laughs> in the floor, you know, there's something kind of wonderful um, about all that. So as I was saying, you and I go way back. So we go back to a. Um, an old retailer. Uh, we did. I was the buyer and you had a different position. You worked for a company that I didn't have a lot to do with. Right. Um, but we think we passed in the night. We yes. were ships passing. Yes. Um, and so that was, you were working for... I worked for Sheridan. Sheridan, which is an Australian linen company back then. And I believe that they had leased some space in ABC Carpet. Uh, they did. And I was the manager of the showroom of the building, actually the showroom, that was on 57th and Madison Avenue. So I ran that two-level store. And, and then you would come into ABC and to check on merchandising. And I would come into ABC and we would merchandising and making sure that yeah. there was enough inventory for clients. It was a lot of fun. Well, back in those days, there weren't a lot of people on my floor that I didn't know about, but somehow you might I have snuck by, snuck by <laughs> me. I ran that like, uh, you know, Captain Bly of, uh, you know... I was I was tough. That was a while ago. It was. It was long. It was thirty years ago. Right. So who knows? We could have we could have been drinking beer back then. We wouldn't even know. We could have been. We so you been. went from Sheridan bed linens to antique furniture restoration, and right. it's an interesting kind of transfer of desire and ideas and ability. You want to yes. tell us about that a actually, little bit? Actually, when I left Sheridan, I was actually looking to get out of retail. I just figured all the time I had in retail um, just wasn't exciting enough. So a headhunter friend of mine recommended this antique furniture company down on East 25th Street. And my background was some business, some interior design, and retail. And that's the kind of person that they were looking for. So sure enough, I went in for an interview I walked up five flights of stairs in a Tahari suit and pumps, and um, <laughs> it was crazy. I was out of breath by the time I got there to meet the president of that company, and they were they were pleased with my background, and that's how I started. I and was they actually, were an antique restoration company. They were company. an antique restoration company, and sure enough, it was funny because every morning after I was hired, I would walk up these five flights of stairs. Wow. And I was pretty trim back then also. <laughs> but it was now. so exciting because not only was I troubleshooting, it was really getting involved in interior design. And I want to set this stuff. stage for everybody because this is that old, you know, New York, that old design industry kind of concept. This place was everything you would imagine it would be. Furniture stacked right. to the rafters, right? S small little alleyways to get to where you need to go. And it, it was just, you know, it could have been in any kind of movie or TV show sort of scenario. It was classic. Yes. Old world restoration exactly. company. Yeah. I mean, we had an Italian cabinet maker, which was, he was phenomenal. He could do anything any time of the day and it was amazing because it was a five floor warehouse and it was with old wooden floors i mean they would creak as you walked across them it was so exciting yeah back yeah. in the day it was great and so we met because we had a client back then who had one dining room chair or maybe two dining room chairs and wanted to reproduce that correct to have a complete set of 12 
Correct. And of course, that is something that you do to this day. We and do. That's, that's a really important thing. We're going to get to that. Okay. But that's how that's how we met. And uh, I think we've been long, fast friends ever since. We have been. In fact, it was one of my mottos that I don't usually socialize with my clients, whether I was working for an antique furniture workroom well, or, was I, or I was on my own. When did you business. take the company on your own? I mean, you got you established a new company, but that company folded and he was older. Wasn't right. He, he was older. Yeah, uh, he was older. And then Ian Nicholson, my business partner, they had already started on their own and it was i guess 1993 okay and it was about maybe they got their first uh government document and then i was invited into rishom which they had actually named so yeah so that's i started in 1993 it was so exciting 26 years ago and it's been uh probably the foremost furniture restoration company in new york since then yes almost from the beginning i would say i think so you guys just took off immediately you know, it was. It was very interesting. We had a large retailer who came along with you us did. who knew me and from the previous do. company, and I still do. And um, the clients, we've not ever advertised. Everything has been word of mouth, so it's been very. We've been very fortunate. It's very exciting. Yes. Let's get into it. So, okay. um, what do you think, or when does it make sense to you to restore an old piece of furniture, an antique piece of furniture? I think that if someone really wants to see that piece of furniture become beautiful, if it's old and saggy and dry and just really dull, and they want to spend the time to actually have somebody put their effort into it, it can look so beautiful. It really can. Yeah, I think... um I mean, I think that is the big challenge for everybody is trying to understand a piece that's in the corner or a piece that's at their folks' house that has not been taken care of or have been forgotten about. And that it truly, especially with wood, has an incredible way of coming back to life. Right. So um, it's all possible um, if... uh, if it makes sense to what the individual, right? It's not that Absolutely. it can't be done. The work right. can be done. The work can be done. The work can be done on any piece of furniture, as long as the client is willing and wants to spend that kind of time to put that beauty back into it. Yeah, if you we, know, if we, if it's worthy enough. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of heirloom pieces out there that I've seen in my day, visiting clients, visiting homes that you know we go on estimates and things. And there's so many pieces that just need to have a nice coat of wax on it. Mm, little tender loving just care. Just a little tender loving care. It's easy to get rings out. You know, people don't put your coasters down on their wooden furniture so they have glass marks or wine spots or things of that sort. And it's easy to take those out. It's, it's just a matter of their effort to notice it and say, yeah, I'd like to have that piece restored. I I, I personally think it's worth all of that effort. Me too, especially if it's an heirloom, especially passed down from a grandparent, a great-grandparent. And anything, like you said, it's reusable. You can really restore something and have it be new again. Yeah. So you work for this big retailer, which has been just this incredible journey because they, they find furniture all over the world and they bring it back. And so the shop is just year after year is just full of fascinating right. 
all different kinds of things, all different treasures, you would almost say. Absolutely. But you also are, you know, uh, a resource for the interior design trade. And we can, uh, you know, we can find very unique and special uh, pieces that have a providence in all of that. Do you do you, you work on those levels, too? And is it important to know who the furniture maker was and and what the the historical value of the piece is before you engage in the restoration of it? No, really, primarily, if someone was to bring me an antique and say, Mary, listen, I really want this restored back to the beauty. Once you touch a piece, that's pretty much like either museum quality and you remove the finish. The original finish. The original finish. It's pretty much lost a lot of its value. Its intrinsic value. If you can, you can enhance an existing finish on a on a beautiful antique which is different right which is different a yes. different methodology absolutely so let's talk about that so okay. restoration is that you're actually re- removing the existing furniture correct correct so sanding it let's say sanding it a lot of the times when people have scratches in their finish you know or um dents on the corners and stuff or the finish is faded or sun sun, sun damage you know a lot of beautiful pieces are left in windows. Yeah, mahogany of, tends to fade really badly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something like that would need to be stripped down of its existing finish, take everything down to the actual bare wood, yeah. and then start with your light sanding, then your um, staining, and then your finish, which could either be a lacquer finish or a shellac finish. Mm-hmm. A shellac finish is beautiful because you manipulate that um, wood and it tends to bring out all the different grains and all the different colors of that wood, whether it be mahogany, walnut, um, oak also. Oak is a large pour, but lacquer kind of deadens the wood because it just sits on top. Yeah, it's, it, it's topical almost. Exactly. But shellac gets absorbed shellac into gets it. absorbed into it. And so it. the depth and all of the unique Absolutely. qualities of that particular piece of wood, and if you're talking about old growth wood, Back right. in the day, right. um, they can really uh, reveal some incredibly special and unique qualities to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I prefer shellac yeah. because it does really make the wood alive, you know, as far as the depth and everything. I love it. I really do. Yeah, it, it's almost like you're, you're know, what would be the word for it? But you're, you're putting life back into it. You're absolutely, exactly. it's absolutely absorbing the shellac and Plus it's an coming easy, back to life. It's an easy finish. To maintain. To fix. Oh, oh, to fix. It's, it's hard to, I don't want to say it's hard to maintain. You need to maintain that kind of a finish. You know, I wouldn't be putting like wet things on them and let them sit there. Yeah, but it's but a nice piece of furniture you'd want to be It's a beautiful piece of furniture and the, uh, the finish on that is a maintenance finish. Lacquer is not really a maintenance finish, but lacquer is a very, very difficult piece to, um, to redo. You have to strip lacquer in order for you to re-lacquer it. You can't touch it up and fix you it. You can't just sand the finish off no, and put a new lacquer coat. It has to coat. be completely, completely removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see? it's interesting. So fascinating, right? And those are the kind of the different individual stories of each piece of furniture that comes into the shop. Absolutely. And they're all different. And they're all different. I mean, every day is new and exciting yeah. for me because you can get one day you have a table, one day, you know, you have five chairs and you need to make 12. And then we have to copy them exactly. And then we also do upholstery. So it's everything is involved. It's like a one-stop shop for Shome 
in order to do everything. And it's fun to stop by because at any given day, there could be this like hempel white, you know, uh, semi or a demi loom in this corner over here. Correct. And then across from it is some mid-century piece, you know, right. that totally different story, totally different need, totally different thing. But you're seeing all of this come into the shop and it's Correct. really a lot of fun. It is. It really it's is. It's a good education actually for, I think, everybody, for interior designers, young students and, you know, just regular people just to see all the different styles right. that there are. It's fun to see clients come in because they're looking at other people's things. I'm always looking well. at other, like, right. where did go, this come who, from? Who's, and who's is this? this? Yeah. Who's is this? And we do that a lot. That? What are you doing to that piece? Mary, who's you know? is this piece exactly. over here? Right. Because you get a little jealous because it's special it's unique you know yes and it's like it's a great find it's right. a great treasure especially after it's restored and not all pieces are that great either there's people that will come in and say listen i'd like to just fix a regular chair and we can do that as well you know and it's just a normal sitting chair yeah yeah of course but we course. do any kind of furniture yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be important pieces or, or, or hidden treasures. It, it right. can just be, hey, my grandfather had this chair. I love it. Right. I want to bring it back to date. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And the value of a piece is primarily what that customer wants yeah. to spend, yeah. you know, or wants... How important it is How to important them. it is to them. Yeah. You know, somebody asked me, what's the value of this? I said, well, the value of it is what the value is to you. Well, I always say to my clients, too, is that, you know... Uh, fine quality new furniture, not the put together furniture that I talked about in the opening, but from a reputable showroom in New York is as costly as if you did find a gorgeous mahogany dining room right. table that just needs some work done. To Absolutely. It. So I think those costs or those budgetary concerns are the same. Correct. Right. And in turn, you kind of get a little bit something more unique and something absolutely more special out of it. Absolutely, David. We talk a lot about or we have during different shows, you know, what is veneer um, versus solid wood and stuff. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? And then is there a difference in how you would treat of even antiques, everybody, you know, were made out of veneer. Veneer is not right. a new modern technological um ability today it's been a part of it for hundreds of years right but is there a difference in in a solid oak piece versus a mahogany veneer piece of furniture and how you tackle that or refinish that yes the interesting thing about veneer is that if you scratch it or it's deep enough you'll end up restoring it but you have to sand through the veneer usually to get down to the scratch. Oh, wow. You know, know if that. it's a topical scratch, that's not much. You can lightly sand it. But if it's deep, you would need to really... And just so everybody knows, veneer is just a thin, laser-thin piece of you it know, is. expensive, good quality wood. Right. Where with solid wood, you could sand and sand and yeah, sand until you get like the scratch out. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So it is. And the finishing is also different. You know, sometimes veneer is usually encased on plywood. You know, the substructure could be plywood because that's what they lay the mm -hmm, veneer up mm -hmm. on. So sometimes you have difficulties with plywood because it could warp over time. Wow. With solid wood, you don't really see that. You don't have that. You don't have that. We have just gotten into it. We have so much more to talk about. But before we go, just give us a little advice on, you know, how everybody should take care of their antique furniture, just like a regular polish, dust it every week, paying attention to it. Why is that important? I think Instead a, of it just sitting there. I think if you maintain a piece of furniture, especially an antique piece of furniture, you want to make sure that 
you don't put any kind of like pledge or any of those kind of things on it. You just take a damp cloth, you wipe the top surface, you can wipe it down, and then dry it off with the with the you know buff it off with a dry cloth. We recommend every six months to use a nice butcher's wax on it. You can even call Rashom, and we'll come and we'll do a household you know polishing polishing. Yeah, great service. We can come, we can provide that service, and then you know, and it's and then you don't have to worry about doing it yourself. Well, we're going to play an old liquid gold commercial, and it's exactly what you're not supposed to do. You're listening to At Home on talkradio.nyc. Antique furniture isn't just a hobby. It's my livelihood. Anytime a piece doesn't look beautiful, I lose a sale. That's why I treat all my wood regularly with Scott's Liquid Gold. You see, when I use Scott's Liquid Gold on this old tabletop, it looks rich and shiny while the part where I didn't use Scott's Liquid Gold still looks old and dried out. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Talking to my dear friend, Mary McGowan, one of uh, my most favorite people in the whole wide world. Take a look at Rashom's website, which is Rashom. That's a double M. That took me a while. So it's <laughs> R-I-C-H-O-M-M-E, Inc.com. And Correct. take a look at uh, their menu of services and um, all that is uh, available from Rashom. Um, and then you guys are on Instagram, of course. We are. Which is? Which is um, Rochelle Mink. Same, yes. Mink. Rochelle Mink. Great. And that's a fun, uh, you're fun to follow. You guys put all different kinds of things yes, on Yes, we just started pretty much about maybe six months ago. So we're not as, you know, on it as we should be. As seasoned as some of right. the, the young exactly. folk, as they say. Um, but that's okay. And then send your questions to me at David. David at DavidThiergartnerInteriors.com and just put in the subject line at home and we're going to take some questions at the end and uh, hopefully we'll have some good ones coming in. Let's, um, I want to I talk about um, an important part of what you guys do, which is broken furniture or furniture missing a grill or missing a splat or an apron or I mean just any of those possibilities that antique furniture those details that antique furniture has that shouldn't stop anybody from restoring it because that can be um, rebuilt or regaged. So we can 
always address things that are missing, missing whether pieces. it be veneers, whether it be um, just different things that are missing, like grills, or a broken foot, or you broken know, foot. We can we have a carver on staff that can recarve you something. You just fixed um, some antique chairs for me that the 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 back foot apps actually just cracked off. Correct. But she loved it so much. And I think you put some dowels in it. And we did. Reconnected it so that it wouldn't happen again. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting because once a chair leg breaks, it's very hard that it has that same strength from the original construction of that chair leg. But what we've done and has been very successful is we'll dowel into both parts of the leg and glue it. And then it secures that leg yeah you might not use it as a everyday piece of furniture like a desk chair Correct. anymore you, you know if you love it that much it might want to sit off to the side because it can't handle that stress Correct. Like it did. You put originally. it in a corner. But or something if, like if that. it means something to you, it certainly can be fixed. And then you said veneer because I think this is one of the things, especially in modern life, like in New York City, let's say, because our homes are so our our homes are so dry because of the heat <coughs> and everything, and or being next to a window, that veneer dries out, lifts, and then kind of cracks into I guess you would say almost like jigsaw puzzle sort of Correct. pieces. And then, you know, Slowly but surely, you think you saved that piece that cracked off, but you didn't, right. or somebody threw it away. But that, too, can be restored, and that, too, can can be fixed again. And you wouldn't even know that it was a missing, broken piece in the Correct. first place. We can do a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like magic. I mean, it truly is. It's like magic. It is. Sorry. Can <laughs> I right. cough here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can cough. <coughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. But but those piece that's a really important part of your business. That's like an incredible. I don't think that a lot of people understand that all of that is possible. Right, it is. And if the piece is special enough, if the piece is worthy enough, then it's worth bringing in. Absolutely, to you. yeah. Sometimes when people are missing ivory, we can do like a faux ivory, but we always let the client know, right, that we're doing that. Yeah, I mean, and that's another piece uh, that you did for. Uh, years ago for us was a, a, a beautiful Roman cabinet and Roman always had you know when you could use ivory back in the 20s and the 30s right. during the deco period you know, they actually used real ivy but the ivory escutcheon was broken or cracked or a, there was right. a piece missed out of it and let me tell you it's the first most important detail that you see on the cabinet and you were able to absolutely just Fix that, replace that, where nobody would know the difference right. at all. And we can always use color, too, to blend it. You know, because those escutcheons, ivory, it's like an off-white. So you would blend that if it was not ivory. You know, if it was like either a particle that we would fill fill in. Almost like a broken tooth, maybe. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And then we would blend it in to the color. And nobody would ever know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just want to reemphasize again this idea that so um, for me, um, when we talk about uh, making custom new furniture, right, right, it could be. And let me tell you, it happens a lot that there, you could be searching for the perfect bedside table or or coffee tables. For me, for some reason, I still find challenging because I always want them to be special and unique. Right. And, you know, and uh, but, you know, you can you can design it yourself, of course, which I've done. You can. Uh, you can take it from an interior design magazine that might be kind of close to what you want it to be 
and use that as an inspirational idea. Absolutely. And you guys can can create that and help them deliver what they're looking we for. We do. I mean, and it's very interesting, David. Uh, there's a lot of times that clients come in with drawings. Yes. And beds. They'll say with beds, with dining tables that need a new leaf, you know, yeah, so we exactly. can always build new leaves and extend dining tables. But it's very interesting. They'll say, well, what do you think about this? They always ask us what we think about it. Mm-hmm. And me... I'm always saying, oh, it's beautiful. And it usually is because they're the ones that are designing it. Yeah, if it's worth coming into the shop, it's usually somebody finds it unique and special. But we'll always give like a tip. You know, you might want to do this. You might want to do that. And it really works out well for the client and for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a really special part of the business, and it's a it's a fun part of the business. It is, and it gets you know you and your client on the same page. Yeah. So we understand what our client wants, and that's you know. That's what we want. Yeah, and we have to understand, too, that, you know, when we talk about scale and proportion as a design concept, which we do, then you might find the right table. You might find the right coffee table or the side table or whatever. Just imagine a bookcase. Imagine anything. But it's not the size that you need it to be. Correct. Right? And so it's a wonderful way to buy that vintage piece of furniture, bring it in and say, now let's make it this. Right. Can we do it this way? You Correct. know, can we stretch it and make it longer? And it, it's just incredible that uh, the value that it adds to the design overall. It does. And it changes the piece. And it makes the client usually much happier. Yeah. Than the know? original. Than the that, original thing that, that they bought. Yeah. That they bought or that they were and inspired the, by. And they might want to buy a piece of furniture that's $400. You know, like a little tie table. Yeah. And bring it in, and they have this new construction that we do to it, and it's a whole different piece, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's really and the finishes we can usually blend the finishes. I want to talk about finishes, okay. so yeah, so that's great. But yeah. you can you can do any sort of finish. But let's talk about some of the specialized finishes, some okay. of the really unique finishes, okay. like chagrin. Right. Right. Do you want to explain what chagrin is actually? For chagrin everybody? is the underbelly of a stingray, and they actually farm them overseas. They used to be really large back in the day, but I think that they've overpopulated them, or overgrown, over, overused them, overused them yeah. that they become smaller. They take them when they're younger now. So it is a challenge when we are doing a stingray or a um, chagrin, chagrin piece that you would actually have to come up with different designs. We just did a beautiful table for another client of ours, and the skins weren't wide enough. So we had to change the design on top of the table in order to accommodate the measurement of the actual chagrin. We, we tend to call them beautiful. tiles. Tiles. And that's what they look like. And you'll probably, if I describe it well enough, hopefully I can, but it's, um, it is just like leather or right. just like any other natural material. It, it has um, a wonderful sort of center medallion to it. Correct. That's usually whitish. And then it, it sort of spreads out and, and has a lot of pebbling to it. Right. And because it's a natural animal, um, because it's a natural animal, it you cut it to a uniform size. Correct. And then use it, and, and you can see each individual piece. But it's not like you would do a whole piece of furniture that way. You would do like a tabletop. or you would, Correct. You see them a lot in um, trays because that's how sort of the best usage, a small right. piece is, you know, or correct. the center of a small piece. And it's nice because you're correct. They are tiles. We will mount that chagrin onto an actual quarter inch plywood, 
you know, substructure. And then set it's it in. easier yeah, yeah. to do it that way. I mean, it, and it's, it's, it is magical. And there's a lot of wonderful foe for everybody who's, you know, worried about, you know, things like that. Correct. The, the morality of it all. But there is wonderful foe chagrin out today. Absolutely. Um, that I think works equally as effective. Correct. It yeah, does. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful character to furniture, I think. You it know? is. And, and it's, it has a long tradition. It does. And it doesn't have to be, like you said, David, on a large piece of furniture, like trays, um, inserts on desks. Inserts, you know, yeah. We've done a credenza, which was part of the credenza. The doors were done in chagrin, and the rest of the credenza was built in walnut, I believe. But this is beautiful. a very specialized sort of finish. And it is. It takes a lot of craftsmanship and talent and skill. To, and time. And time to do it correctly. Yes. Same with parchment. Parchment um, is lambskin, <laughs> theoretically. Yes. Right? So, okay, we're talking about animals here. But just imagine, <laughs> you know, that it's a bigger skin. And the parchment is famous by Jean-Michel Franck. Yes, Jean-Michel Franck. And um, if you know anything about, you know, 1920, 1930 French design, his beautiful parchment room is still historically re- relevant today. But parchment, I think, is incredibly beautiful. And it's really leather. I mean, just plain and simple. It's no it different is. than using, you know, cow leather. It's, Correct. It's, it's the same thing. But there's three types. You have, uh, you have antique goat, mm. you have sheep, mm. and then you have lamb. Oh, so see, like I didn't even know that. But it's, and they all tend to have different color. Like antique goat is more like a mottled yellow. Yeah, that's the darker right. one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, um, Very rich, has a lot of depth to it. Yes. But they're all they're all wonderful to work with. I mean, I think the goat skin is a little tougher to work with. You have to soften it up quite a bit, you know, when we submerge it in water, you know, to soften it so we can it's manageable for us to work with. And and we tend to use parchment as wrapping. Instead of like the chagrin where we're using pieces of it, we tend to sometimes like to sort of wrap Right. Uh, Wrap it around the apron, uh, underneath yeah, the top. Any of that. To, so that the whole thing is, is one piece of... Correct. Yeah. You can only do that on a small... Um, because I'm not really sure the square footage. But we can get back to that. We're going to have to invite you back because we're running out of time again. Oh, but David. you have a new venture, which is a part of just for the term. Right. And it's called R.I. Services. R.I. Services. It's a transportation firm that has just started up probably about two years ago. And we really actually work a lot with Rashom and outside clients to do transportation of high-end furniture. Yeah. So it's a white glove approach to transportation. And finer pieces. And finer pieces. Yeah, which is great. Exactly. And I also, before we go to break, I just want to say that you guys, and I think another just incredible... Um, service that you provide is this is this incredible on-site maintenance idea. You mentioned it quickly that you would come in and polish, Correct. which you've done for me more than I can imagine. But we just recently uh, did a whole, um, one of my projects on Fifth Avenue, a penthouse there, we did all of the bronze metal right. um, in, in the powder room. The stair was beautifully designed in metal <laughs> and uh, the, um, if I say and um, the there was a wet bar and a lot of that had started to pit a little bit correct because of the water and stuff like that you guys came in literally I don't even think it was two days and you totally brought that back right. to life so there's a, just another incredible service yes. uh, that you guys provide we do it's a one-stop shop 
It's that's a one, how I like. To, that's how I put class. Shop. Yeah, the whole. We spectrum, do everything. Everything. Everything that has to do with the home, including picking up the furniture. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're pricing out right now, or we are estimating the cost of uh, a chandelier that's 14 feet in the air that we don't want to bring down. Right. That possibly will put some scaffolding up and polish. Yes, it on so we site. can do that. So anything is possible. That's why I want you to stay and take uh, some of these questions that are coming in for us right now. Okay. Would you hang out with me for a Absolutely. minute? Absolutely. And I got to say to everybody, I've known Mary for a long time but i keep well, every time i think of mary i sing that george m cohen song you know <laughs> it was mary mary anyway we're gonna go to break and we'll be right back thank you david but it was mary mary long before the fashions came and there is something there that sounds so square it's a grand old name You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Mary, let's take some questions, huh? They're coming sure, in sounds great. Fast and furiously. Um, here's the first one. This is from Paula. Are there certain qualities of wood easier to refinish than others? Well, that's an interesting thing. I don't know that I've ever thought of that. That is interesting. Usually oak is a lot easier to refinish than something like mahogany. Because it's what, more forgiving? It's, it's more forgiving, but it's also porous. Uh. So mahogany... Actually, you have to spend a lot of time manipulating the wood, whether it be a shellac finish or even a lacquer finish. You know, it takes in prepare, preparing it. You have to sand it. Oak is really very forgiving. And, and it's so cool, oak. Yeah. You know, white oak, that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of thinking this through myself. I mean, it's something I might have should have asked you, you know, a couple of decades ago. But if you think about it, oak is stronger, more durable. 
mahogany is more delicate and finer and more sensitive to all kinds of conditions. Right. Yeah, so that's I mean, a good question, actually. It is a good question, Paula. Yeah. Thank you. And walnut, which is, a, you know, uh, I use walnut all the time. Walnut is sort walnut. of in between. It is. Yeah. Walnut has such beautiful Ugh, figures it in does. it. It's just the color really, the just, color, mm. and you can really, using shellac on walnut, you get so many variations of browns and honeys, and it's it's really a beautiful wood to work with. This is from Tony G. He says, can you explain to me what French polish is? French polish. This is very funny. I'm going to just sidetrack for this. Okay. I remember way back in the day, and I'm not that old, that we put in an ad for a French polisher. Oh, to find? To find a French polisher. Oh, and um, because it is very uh, skilled. It's a skill. Yeah. It's really a skill. There's not. I don't know, and I, it's very hard to find people that have this. It's an old world kind of process. Mm. So it's using shellac, and it's a building up of the shellac, sanding it back. So you. Actually, we lost you there for a second. Go ahead. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, so the shellac finish, it's the whole polishing of it. You have to put it on, then you slightly take it off, and it starts to build up into the pores of the wood. And then it takes quite some time. How many layers do you think? We usually use about four or five layers. You do? We do. And, and then, then we sand sanding it back. in between, and then a very fine sanding at the end with a, like a, almost an elbow grease sort of polish. Correct. Huh? Yeah. And then it's, everything is done in circular motion. Yeah. Oh, and wow. it's, really, it's really a true art. Great question. French really polishing. great question. It reminds me a lot of lacquering in the same sort of way. In other words, lacquering is the building up of paint Correct. or a color emulsion, sanding it through, right. adding another, sanding it through, adding another, sanding right. it through, adding another. But, uh, but great the more shellac you put onto this piece, the... We're having some, we're, we're having some studio challenges. What does that mean? No, it's okay. Go Sorry. ahead. <laughs> but um, the more shellac you put on it, and then you sand it back, it builds up into the actual wood. So it actually creates a really nice depth. That's the nice thing about shellac. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very fine, it, it ends up being a very fine piece of furniture. Right. Yeah, it's gorgeous, yes. is what it is, yeah. And not everything needs to be French. No, absolutely not. Every, right. Absolutely I mean, not. It's really, it's really left for, you know, a, 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 an important, wonderful piece in an important place in the house. Absolutely. I mean, you could do a beautiful wax, you know, and get the and same just do result. touch-ups yeah. and then just wax a piece. Yeah. And it also brings out the beauty of the existing finish, yeah. you yeah. know, whatever that may be. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to come back to that if we have time. Um, here's the next question. This is from Jim. I love lime furniture. Yeah, me too. I have two questions for Mary. Can you lime an existing piece of per furniture that wasn't originally limed in the first place? Or, uh, and what's the second question? Lime in the first place? And is it really lime? Why do, they, why do they call it lime? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I do. I, I can help you with this. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I don't know the question. I don't know the answer to the first question, though. Right. And in other words, can you, if it didn't, if it wasn't limed, right. and let's just explain um, that you were talking about oak, there's this open porousness to oak, and that that open porousness can be even Filled. more exaggerated. Right, through techniques of Correct. opening it up and exposing it. And then, yes, in the old days, they would take lime, as you can imagine, and they would fill in that open 
pot-marked sort of quality Correct. of the oak, and it would fill it in, and it would create this incredible, beautiful right. finish. And you would wax it and, and you know, do the topical But that things. was back then. Sorry, mm. I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off Yeah, no, there. that's okay. But today what we do for lime yeah. is we use wax, and we can stain the wax. We stain can, the wax. We can stain the wax, and what we do is we take out the extra pores. Like, even though it's porous, we can force that wood to, you know, to be removed by using a brass or a... Um, you scra- a, a you brush, scrape a brush, a metal brush, yeah. And then what we do is we fill those, that area with painted wax. Mm-hmm. And then you let it harden and you let it sit and then you slightly remove it. So then it stays in the actual pores. It stays in so the pores. So we port. don't actually use lime like back in the old days. Now we use a different kind of process. And then you seal it in. Yeah. And I know this because we just did, it's been a couple of years ago, but we did a 26 foot wide. I remember that. By nine foot high dark oak bookcase with a gray waxed liming Correct. finish on it. And it is spectacular to this right. day. Yeah. Yeah. And I insisted on, I remember the client going, do we need to go through so much trouble? And right. da, 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 da. I go, yes, 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 we do. And it's really one of the more important pieces in the house. When you want a focal point like that in a home. Yeah. You know, a special and then you maintain like that, that yeah. in that finish. It's, it's price, you know, it's priceless and it's ageless. And it, and it, it seems to know? be, um, we have, he, there's three questions actually. He said two, but there's three. So he's writing to me now saying, David, does lime furniture have to match each other? In other words, if I have a collection of limed finished furniture, does it have to match? And I'm going to say, um, in the same room. Yes. Right. Uh, it, it, I think it would be very odd to have it. So, you know, you can have a, a, a certain color or a certain finish in your bedroom that's different than what you have in your living room. But I'm not going to like three or four different shades of liming furniture. That That's just not right. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think that's the best approach in collecting. If you, if you have a, a collection of it or an infinity for it, I, I think Correct. you need to be more specialized on that. Absolutely. And then also one of the things that we talk about a lot here, too, is that if you do do that, realize every time you add another piece to it, you take away the uniqueness or the specialness of what you already have. Right. Right. And so... Be careful about that, right? If Correct. you want things to be unique and special, you can't have a lot of them. Right, exactly. Especially with furniture, right? Exactly, so I, I agree. That's important. It right? is. So we can we could probably do a show on liming and talk all about design and concepts of finishes. <laughs> But <laughs> we're running out of time. Um, this is from Terry. I had a picture of a set of side tables that I've I've had for years and I love so much. Can you make furniture from a photo? Or do I have to have somebody draw it for me? Both. Both. We could do from a photo or we could actually have it drawn. You know, you would need to confirm the measurements, but we can certainly scale everything down and we can build, we can pretty much build anything. Yeah, again, I think, uh, of course, uh, yeah, I think a photo would work, um, depending on the furniture, I guess, Correct. right? Um, and And what the what you're trying to get out of it, I think it could work. So And nesting tables are not difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Measurements are important. Though. Exactly. <laughs> you might want to provide measurements. <coughs> Mary, 
I'm telling you, thank you so much. Another thank quick you, hour here on At Home. I, I can't thank you for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it, and it's been a joy. It's been my joy. And I'm really happy uh, that we have this together. So thank that's you. great. I want to thank everybody here on talkradio.nyc. Schoolhouse, number six productions. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't even want to try. Benjamin Keegan from my music. And remember to follow me on Instagram at and Twitter at home with DTI. Take a look at my website and Rashom's website. Mine is davidtheogartnerinteriors.com. Stay tuned for the Noreen Sumter Show, Beyond Potential. Live life your way. And until next week on the radio, remember... The best designs for your life start at home. We can never go back to before. We can never go back to You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.